0: E-commerce is changing, right? Everything was always, what page did they hit? What link did they click? How long did they sent, stay there? And the burden that Google had in switching from you know GA3 to GA4 was it's not about the the pages anymore. Hey everyone, this is Nazar Akil from
1: Max Pro. Hi, I'm Linda.
0: And I'm Paul. This is Lopa
1: Vandermerch from Rasa. Oh, you're listening, to,
0: you're
1: listening, and you are listening to, to the Ecom, E-com Show. Show. Welcome to the Ecom Show, presented by Blue Tusker, the number one place to hear the inside scoop from other e-commerce experts, where they share their secrets on how they scaled their business and are now living the dream. Now, here is your host, Andrew Math. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Show. I'm your host, Andrew Math, and today I am joined by Eric Karen, who is the Senior Director of Digital Experience over at Caribou Coffee. Gonna be a great one, Eric. You ready for a good show?
0: I am. Thanks for having me today.
1: Awesome. Super excited to have you here. It's been a very, very long time since we've had someone of your caliber on the show that has this much experience around like overall just user experience and the CRO of the site and just all this fun stuff. So, but before we get into that, I always do the stereotypical boarding side of things and I allow you to just kind of open it up. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, obviously more about Caribou and we'll take it from there.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, my name's Eric Karen. been at Caribou Coffee about seven years, did a couple years at uh, Best Buy before that, a decade in startups before that. And I keep learning that no matter the size of the business, we're all, you know, tackling the same problems um (laughs) at caribou we've got this uh legacy brand that we've been around for 30 years we've got uh, over 500 locations across the united states and you know everything from corner uh typical coffee shops to corporate specific campuses malls airports and then we've got uh, cpg so we're in retails across all 50 states and then e-commerce uh E-commerce experience at Um and where my team comes into play is to make sure that wherever people interact with the brand, the experience is what they're expecting, and that creates this really fun combination because you, you know people landing on the website, there's four different mentalities that they have, and each one mm-hmm. doesn't want to you know play. Oh, am I supposed to click this, that, or the other thing? So our job is to know what the customer is looking for before they look for it.
1: Beautiful. So how do you go about knowing what the customer is looking for before they look for it?
0: We, we ask them. That's the, the best part. Um, and one of my startups, we were in the HR space. And the the layers between what you were doing and the job seeker on the website was Incredibly complicated. It was a lot of coordinations, Craigslist ads. At Caribou, <laughs> we can just drive to any store, sit down, and uh, ask people. Uh, and that really is so incredibly fun, recharging. Normally, we uh, fall out of the habit of it. Over COVID, we definitely lost that muscle a little bit. So the last year has been learning that what it's like to sit down to somebody and say, "Hey, if I buy your next drink, can I ask you some questions?" But it's so incredibly addicting to say, hey, I think I'm going to do this. And watching a customer, because you're you're expecting if I'm going to give somebody or get somebody's opinion, they're going to make me pay for it. Right. You're going to I'm used to the the user studies where you're behind the mirror and you're uh, paid so much money (laughs) for an hour of your time. So going into it, you're thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, well, if I'm going to get this opinion on where should the trivia be in our app, that you're going to have to go in through a deeper conversation. No, people just sitting down, talking with them. They love to give their opinions. I guess that shouldn't surprise me, you know, just sitting down <laughs> and talking to you today, giving my opinion. Um, but but that is absolutely the, the best way. And we all have to remind ourselves um, at Caribou and uh, at any trade show you go to that just sit down, talk to your customers, find a way to make it easier for everybody, share the learnings when you do it. Um, and the more that you uh remember to do that and the more that you you know it's kind of like the henry ford you know ask somebody they would have given up what's the quote if you'd asked the customer what they want they would have said a faster horse so you got to take it with a, a grain of salt but yeah. there are so many like amazing things that you wouldn't have expected to look for that you, you got to keep going out there and asking the customers and that's really what keeps us going every day yeah are you using anything to
1: track it live, like as they're on the site, anything around like, you know, scroll tracking or heat maps or any of that fun stuff?
0: Uh, on and off. We've tried the uh, hot jar was one we were, uh, we, we tend to turn back on where we use Medallia for customer surveys, both the, when they uh, want to leave us feedback and the intercepts when they're exiting the site. Um, I'm now Google Analytics 4 certified. Uh Congrats. Was, <laughs> well, like that warning's been popping up for so long. I know. It, well, it's because it's the, the way e-commerce is changing, right? Everything yeah. was always what page did they hit? What link did they click? How long did they sent, stay there? And the burden that Google had in switching from you know GA3 to GA4 was it's not about the, the pages anymore. Everybody's gone to single page web apps for... One part of the system and mobile app for another, so it, they. I, I don't envy their problem that they had to do, and they had to break that habit of people thinking. Pay uh, the funnel is always which page they viewed, and introducing the new mentality of thinking about what is an event, how do you track events? So I'm not going to force any of my team to get that <clears throat> certification, but in <laughs> thinking of how do you, what real time analytics are you tracking on the website in the mobile app what can you get from third parties how do you tie it together it's it can get really intimidating really quickly um but when you're able to dial it back i had a college professor and he was teaching quantum physics so keep that in mind uh he said if he can't explain anything in 30 seconds odds are he doesn't understand it himself so i try to take that when thinking about how we're tracking what customers do on the website and measuring what our successes are if way, if the way that i'm tracking can't get boiled down in 30 seconds odds are i don't actually understand what i'm tracking
1: yeah are you getting frustrated with GA4 at all <laughs> incredibly i am still i thought so oh. <laughs> i don't know anyone who's like finally they did it right yeah. everyone's just like oh they're making us change this
0: yep And it's collecting so Uh, much data and you still keep reverting back to, I've got another three months that universal analytics will still give me that data. I haven't, I haven't mastered the reporting and it's one of the pieces that I'm liking is it's forcing the decision on, should we keep using Google? Like there's so many great alternatives out there. Yes, you have to pay for it, but it's probably worth it. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a tough decision. I don't have that answer today, but it's forcing that conversation. And if it wasn't for the forced migration to GA4, I don't think brands would be debating on it.
1: Yeah, me either.
0: Are we, do we? What? Um, the conversation ahead, from here always goes into the cookie debate, right? The oh, ah, pretty party cookies going away.
1: Uh, uh so you had you know where I'm going with this. You could just take the whole <laughs> <one>. <laughs>
0: well, I like your your expertise that you have on the episodes where you do the little uh, 10 minute segment at the front um, I, I learn a lot about that I think talking about it is a great way to make sure that the vendors coming to us as brand leaders and we know oh this isn't this isn't actually a, a problem that's happening or it's something to be a little bit aware of like CCPA is a great one right Be aware of where your customer data is. What are you doing with it? When a customer says, forget me, have the tools to forget them. um, That's where those vendors coming to you has been incredibly beneficial to marketing teams Mm -hmm. to understand this is why it's important to be such good stewards of our data. But then another vendor coming to say, hey, cookies are dying. Go uh, replace this with the other thing. The the conversations that um, you and I have are like, yeah we've said third-party cookies are going to go away since 2008. They're still here. There's some new security (laughs) things that might come into place, but the death of the cookie is, is 30 years away from now. So don't, don't panic on, Oh shoot, we need a way that we live without cookies. Just be better with your data and understand where you're sharing it and why you're sharing it.
1: Yeah. And I think that like at the end of the day, just like in a lot of sellers, I think Amazon kind of sped this up, but it was, if you stop focusing so much on the little tiny nitty gritty things, and you actually just take a step back and do everything you can to provide the best experience possible for your customer, your, cu- your business explodes every time. Do they want to be tracked? Great. Track them. Do they not want to be tracked? Don't track them. Do you want to run 500 ads to them after they visit your site? Go for it. Do they not want that? Then don't do it. All you have to do is listen to them and do that and you'll you'll be so successful. And yet everyone does this like, well, what if I put like this button here and then I tweak this and like, oh, now I get like 0.02% better conversion rate on like a site that isn't really going to make that big of a difference. But at the end of the day, like with the cookies, it's kind of like if they don't like being tracked, do not track them because it's just hurting your brand. Yeah. So it makes sense how. Even though it's security, you know, most people think like, oh, there's like some data warehouse and there's some crazy like hacker who <laughs> works at Caribou Coffee who's making sure that no one's getting, you know, uh, looked at. Really, it's you going, I just want to make sure that they're happy outside of that. I'll get rid of it. It's fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a fantastic and awful problem to have at the same time. Um, yeah, what, One of my favorite people to work with always says like our job is to figure out what gets in the customer's way and then figure out if that's there for a reason. And yeah, cookie banners are a great example, right? Yes. You've, you've seen them all over. Why are they there? If there's legal reasons, apply them if they're not. And there's other customer reasons like, yeah, if you're not needing to track the data, just don't track the data. Then you don't even have to ask the customer. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. the the payment gateways are another great one if you you have a vendor that's saying oh you can install this and now you can accept these 17 different buttons on the website that people can pay however they want well just because you can doesn't mean you should so yeah what does customer want get rid of their decisions that they're having to make like that's that's really what our job is Or even from like a checkout perspective,
1: we'll talk to sellers all the time who'll be like, Oh, well, if they're putting their first name, their last name, their address, why don't we ask them ten things about their family so that we (laughs) can get more data around I'm like, no, the less you do, the better. Stop ruining the experience. Like when I'm shopping, I go, Okay, I want this. I immediately I want to be done as soon as I can. Like I don't wanna sit there and fill out five hundred things because you decided that you needed to know like where I grew up and where I live now and why it's different. Like you don't need to know that. There, so,
0: do you have any terms that you come across and you're like, okay, when I become the benevolent dictator of the world and get to rewrite the dictionary, here are the first <laughs> words that I'm going to relabel. Like, I, I guess my list is probably in the thousands, but one of the top hundred is a uh, progressive profiling. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a phrase that like the yes. marketer it's it's brilliant it's what we should do but the terminology itself you say it and it sounds like it's something that they'd say on an NCIS episode <laughs> so like the, for anybody not familiar with the concept of progressive profiling it's yeah Andrew came to the website that very first time he told us his first name last name and email thank you Andrew that was very generous of him next time he comes back to the website you know what I'm going to ask him if he prefers email newsletters or if he prefers push notifications. And the more that he engages with the brand, you don't give him the like 30 list of here's a different um, like fill out this entire survey. No, each time one little bit more of information relevant both to what you've asked in the past and what Andrew's profile is leading him to be. And like, when you do that, the, Customer isn't annoyed because those little extra bits of information, you're asking them for a reason. It tailors the experience. And I think everybody would be doing this more intelligently if it didn't have such an awful phrase as progressive profiling.
1: (laughs) I agree. That's interesting because it's funny because we actually just uh, went through a study with that about doing. um, We were trying to get set up like automated birthday, uh, you know, hey, it's your birthday. Here's a discount kind of thing. And we were going and it was the same with anniversary and there was another something else we were doing and it was, uh, Oh, it was uh, when they graduated because it was someone who was doing like collegiate apparel stuff. And so we we're trying to get all this information. I was like, let's not ask them all in one shot. Let's, let's ease into it. And so it became like this. They wanted to ask them all in one shot. We were like, no, let's like schedule different pop-ups or maybe we'll like incentivize them later on kind of thing. Like don't hit them with 500 things, but yeah, I, I agree. That would be a good one for me. And, I'll, I'll divert this a little bit because this will just turn into a ranting of, of <laughs> here's all the things I hate about marketing. Um, but to me, it's all the acronyms. They drive me insane mainly because I come across people that use acronyms and don't know what the acronym actually means. Then I come across people who just make up their own acronym. <laughs> That's my favorite where I start Googling it. And then I sound like an idiot because I got to be like, Hey, what is this? Go, you don't know what this means like no and neither does the entire internet
0: yep uh yep. but sign that you've I got like a this. culture at a company that needs a um a checkup is when you hire when when you start and you get the acronym cheat sheet like yeah the acronyms are no longer serving their purpose if you have people have to give people a cliff notes on what they mean
1: <laughs> exactly Um, but okay, I digress. One of the questions I know I wanted to ask you about was how you, uh, walk that fine line of taking people from the physical locations and getting them to visit the website without it taking away from the physical, physical locations and then potentially vice versa. Like, how are you drawing that line besides physical and digital? And if you're not, I could skip the question. No, it's
0: it's a it's a fantastic question and my response was going to be I'm not drawing the line. My the, the digital's responsibility isn't to get them on the website and keep them on the website or get them using the website and not going to their retailer down the street that has them on the shelf. The digital's responsibility is wherever the heck they want to interact with Caribou. We are happy to be there for them. Um, the The challenge is you're. Um, I'm a coffee nerd. It's probably not much of a surprise given where I work. But there's times where you're okay. I I got this new Ethiopia roast. What is the best way to enjoy it? There's some coffees that they're they're just absolutely at the genetic level meant to be cold brew. There's just not a better way to get the the flavor profile out of them. Well, the bag that you get you're not able to always like tell the whole story on it. We don't, you know, the, 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 the smart people that make the foil know not to put a four pixel font on the back of it. That gives the whole life story of the, the bean and the best brew methods and the temperatures and the recommended grind type. So the website needs to say, okay, Eric bought the new Ethiopia. How is he going to, uh, you know, how, how should he brew it? Um, so the website has to be able to handle that kind of need. The same. We've got a, large number of customers that are snowbirds. Um, if my camera was on a pivot, I'd show you all that snow that's still outside, but <laughs> they, they're in the summer able to walk down the street to a caribou in the winter, they want caribou showing up on their doorstep. So they just want to hit the website and buy it. Likewise. Um, I had a, you know, let's say I had a friend that, Oh, I, he did me a favor. I'm going to have two pounds shipped to him as a thank you. So you've got all these different customer, um, both customers, personas and customer journeys that you're trying to do. And the challenge is how do you make sure that your SEO is designed that when people are searching caribou coffee, gift delivery, they're getting the right site, uh, caribou coffee, Ethiopia, bean that they're understanding like both, how do I buy it quick and how do I brew it? Right. So that that's the, the constant challenge is we've got so many great stories that we want to tell. Where do we say each story in the right place? Um, And that's really what digital's responsibility is. The loyalty program is also a big part of uh, our our experience with our customers. You go to a store, they say, hey, are you a member of Perks? And yeah, four out of five people you listen to in a row are going to say yes. How do you pull that experience into the mobile app? How do you pull that experience into the website where when it's your first time interacting with the brand? Like, whoa, whoa, we're we're not even dating yet, yet. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not ready to sign up for your loyalty program. But how do you bring that in at the right time that the new people to the brand know it exists and then eventually learn why to do it, and then the the people that have been with Care longer than they've been with their spouse, they're like, of course, why haven't you asked me for my <laughs> loyalty program yet? Like, we're besties. Um, so that that's <laughs> that's the UX challenge that we're always working through. And you know, back to your Question at the beginning, um, I got so excited I threw my mouse off the table. Um, (laughs) Getting out and talking to the guest is the best way to learn if you're doing it right or if there's opportunities for improvement. You
1: know, I'm I'm glad you brought up the loyalty program because I I was going to ask you about that and I was also going to kind of get into the subscription side of things because I know you have a subscription. That's a very similar issue, right? Where it's like, hey, I don't know that, excuse me, I don't know that I want to subscribe yet. I haven't even tried something yet or I've barely, you know, I've only given you my first name. I haven't gotten through all of your other survey questions. You're going to have six weeks from now. Like I haven't gotten that far. So how are you, how are you pushing the subscription side and and what do you see the trends are there? Because I know had I asked you this question, I'm going to say between three and five years ago, everyone and their mother had a subscription aspect, but it was really just, here's a product, please subscribe. I'll send it to you once a month as opposed to the experience. So how are you kind of catering to that?
0: Yeah, the intelligence of what a subscription program is, is definitely over the next three years going to set the companies apart where you you drive down the street and you see six different packages on the front step. Like mm-hmm. to stay on that front step, you have to walk that line between being the the right product in the right place and also the incredibly convenient way to get it so that when you're, you know, on vacation, you go for spring break, you don't come back and, Oh shoot, that package sat on the front step the entire week. Cause I forgot that this was the week of the month that my subscription arrives. Um, the, um, the difference between I bought a dishwasher, please don't suggest that that should be a subscription service. I'm <laughs> hoping it's lasting longer. Um, I bought detergent That's the perfect thing for after that first purchase, your system's waiting the expected time that the average household will go through that product. And then just before I'm remembering I'm going to run out again, you say, hey, I just remember or you bought this. Would you like to one click, add it and create a subscription out of it? So the best brands are post single purchase for the right products that make sense to subscriptionize. Um, I guess I just, I don't think subscriptionize is a word, but it is now.
1: But No, that's when we become uh, dictators, like you said, that's the first word I'm putting out there. <laughs> We're using it. Everyone use it. It's our subscriptionize. Pro-
0: <laughs> um, when you subscriptionize a product, though, that's gonna, the, the flexibility of it, that it shouldn't always be the marketing team knows A, B, and C are the things that we're going to create subscriptions. Like, yeah, you might have some that you're, you're pushing forward and that they make the most sense for the brand. They're the easier, uh, sticky point when you're looking for gifting ideas. It's oh, this might, my, my parents will absolutely like, uh, this product as a subscription, but your platform should be able to accommodate anything that makes sense to become a subscription. And then the Martech communications that you have should be putting the right message in the customer's hands to say, do you want to convert this to a subscription? And where it gets really, really complicated is that line between saying, hey, this is about to ship. Do you want to add an additional to it, right? Like the Dollar Shave Club was absolutely the best in the industry yeah. for giving that, that day and a half window to add some extra fun stuff to your shipment. But not give such a big padding between it that all of a sudden I'm angry that that product should have been here on Monday. And now it's Friday because they were trying to upsell me and they delayed the product. So that mm. that's such an incredibly tight window between communicating it's about to arrive. Do you need to pause it because you're on vacation? Do you want to add something else to it because it's that right time of year? Um, but there's so much opportunity still in the subscription uh, product. Like Recurly is doing it great and if you're not using them you're trying to find what else you could add to your portfolio that gives you that same level of functionality
1: completely agree eric i have eaten up enough time of your day but (laughs) i greatly appreciated you having on the show this was awesome we're gonna have to do this one again because that was fun yeah i had Uh, and now i need a coffee
0: (laughs) i I know a company and i know someone to go to yeah (laughs)
1: eric thank you so much for being on the show Uh, i'd love to obviously give you an opportunity here to let everyone know where they can find out more about you and of course more about caribou
0: sure uh i'm at EricKaren.com. uh i'm adding a section about the books that i'm reading the ones that i like um the ones debating on whether or not the ones i don't like go on the site too to save people's time (laughs) but i've got enough now that here's the ones that i think people should read uh cariboucoffee.com is the best way to find a caribou near you Uh, if there's not one down the street to have it shipped to you Um, and I always say like if you're having a great time tell your friends and if you're not loving it tell me and we'll make it better beautiful
1: Eric thank you so much obviously everyone who tuned in thank you as well please make sure you do the whole usual thing rate review subscribe all that fun stuff or head over to ecomshow.com and check out all of our past episodes but for usual, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Ecom Show. Head over to ecomshow.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on the Blue Tusker YouTube channel. The Ecom Show is brought to you by Blue Tusker, a full-service digital marketing company specifically for e-commerce sellers looking to accelerate their growth. Go to bluetusker.com now for more information. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of The Ecom Show.